record. Okay, I think most of you know me, but my name is Marissa. Um, no way, Marissa. Um, so if you have never had a conversation with me for more than five minutes, I talk fast, and my brain works like a pinball machine. Um, and so <laughs> you're going to get unfiltered, hear my thoughts with God, and they all do follow. There is a stream of consciousness, but you might have to search. Um, so I'm just praying that you get something from this, and you all might get something different, and that's totally fine. But okay. So we're going to kind of talk about passionate dreams today. Um, but I have a question first. Who loves to read the Bible? I love to read the Bible. Who, who reads through it quickly? Like you can, I know Shay does. Anyone else, you read through it quickly. Where are my snail readers at? It takes me like three months to read one book of the Bible. Okay, yes. <laughs> I am in no way, no way a quick reader. Like I think last semester I read Hebrews for probably two months and it has 12 chapters in it, you know? Like, but it's because I like do this thing where I get stuck on curiosities and I fully blame my small group leader Lindsay for this so fun fact I'm super stubborn um and so when I was in small group my uh, small group leader her name was Lindsay Case she's now on staff at West Virginia University she would love to tell you that I was wildly hard-headed when it came uh for her to teach me how to hear the Lord and so what she did was this fun little thing and maybe you've heard it before maybe no one's let you on in on the, on the inside of it I'm gonna let you on on the inside so after every service after every small group after any time that anyone talked about God she would walk with me and be like so what stuck out to you? And I got so annoyed with it because I was like, I don't know. Like, it was good. Did anyone else's small group leader do that? Yes. Has anyone figured out why your small group leader does that? Yes. Maybe, yeah. So it's to try to train you to hear the Holy Spirit. Did you know this? Wow. What? Crazy. Wow. So what she would do is she, was call, she would call attention that to my mind, the things that the Holy Spirit was more than likely putting his finger on. I didn't yet understand that, but that's what she was doing. And then she would ask me questions and try to get like, get a little bit deeper into these things that stuck out in my mind. And eventually I learned to follow the curiosities on my own and learned how to dig and the whole thing, but I digress. Um, so yes, I love getting into the Bible and I low key get obsessed with like these little curiosity things and I'll sit on them for like a long time. Um, so one that marked me this last year was when I was reading about Hannah, Samuel's mom. Have you, have you ever heard of Hannah before? Maybe we've heard it had a friend named Hannah. So, um, we're going to turn to it. Is that cool with y'all? Yeah. So Hannah was a woman of passion and her story is in first Samuel chapter two. Okay. Does any, has anyone like actually know anything about Hannah? If you do, can you say it? First Samuel chapter two, her prayers at the beginning of it. So we're going to look at. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So she wasn't able to have a kid. Um, but the things that mark her as character is she was a servant of the Lord. She was a steward. She was a prayer warrior. She was full of faith. She was an intercessor. She was humble. She was diligent. She was thankful. And she wanted a kid and she was barren. Um, and so she would pray and pray. Fun fact, um, she is the first person in the Bible to pray without words. Wow. Yes. Um, yeah. And for Samuel 13, it says, Hannah was speaking with her heart, only her lips. And Eli, the priest, thought that she was drunk. Um, but she didn't care. She just loved God and she had a devotion to him. And she knew that he was her source. Um, so... I think we all know a mom if we have one or we know one, right? So it's like having, <laughs> so I think it's like, it's kind of a dud that a lot of like, a lot of people crave to have kids, right? It's like a pretty, pretty common dream, but it's like for her, she knew that it was impossible. Like she knew that it was, 
it was only something that by the grace of God, by the hand of God in her life would have yeah. happened. Um, and so humanly speaking, you kind of, you kind of got to look at it, right? Like we, we, we know a little bit about the Bible from Samuel on, if this woman hadn't prayed yeah. for the son, so much of what we have would not even have happened. So it was like almost, it, it doesn't say it, but it, it just like when studying it, it's like, man, it's almost as if like, I don't know, the future of this whole nation, the future of Israel rested on this woman's prayers. Yeah. And if she hadn't dared to bring her hopes and her dreams to the Lord, like, where would we be? Yeah. Um, Catherine Marshall says this thing about yeah. dreaming. She says that any dream can be realized. Material resources are at the beck and call of the dreamer. And prayer helps you to know if it's right and gives you the power to stay with it. Wow, that's say it again. I'll say it again. Any right dream can be realized. Material resources are at the beck and call of a dreamer. And prayer helps you to know if it's right and gives you the power to stay with it. So prayer is key in dreaming with the Lord and passions don't come from us, but our source in heaven, right? She also says this, and it's, a, it's from a fun book called Adventures in Prayer, if you want to read it. Um, but it's, she says, um, after all, this is what prayer is, men cooperating with God and bringing from heaven to earth his wonderfully good plan for us. Isn't that cool? Man. So we can kind of look forward into the New Testament and see like how Hannah's, intimate relationship between her and her maker affected people but i'm gonna go ahead and read read her prayer so like i don't know it's just so cool right so it's like we've, we've heard this probably we've seen it on pinterest maybe but it's like <laughs> for this child i have prayed right the lord has granted me my petition that i made to him so she had promised like lord if you give me a child i'll give him back to you and she did yeah. she had a kid and then she brought him to like this priest and she didn't have her own son in her house growing up because, like when he was little because she like promised the Lord that yeah. this kid would be hers. And so um, this is what Hannah said. Um, but actually, would someone mind reading it for me? It's verses um, 2, 1 through 10. Yeah, let's go, Jazz. Yeah, you got it, Jazz. You got it. <laughs> First thing to do. 2, 1 through 10. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord, and the Lord my horn is at the my mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in the deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly, or let your mouth speak such arrogance, for the Lord is a God who knows, and my own deeds are weight. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumble are armed with strength. Those who, those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who are hungry are hungry no more. She who is barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust, and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit glory upon them. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the Lord. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The most high will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the Lord his Man, isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's what she said when she dropped her kid off at this, like with this priest for the rest of his days. This was her heart cry. I would be so sad, but she was like, my heart exalts the Lord. My horn is exalted in God. My mouth der 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 derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. 
Beautiful. I wish that was my response. Um, so, <laughs> so we're going to turn a little bit to the New Testament, to another lady. There are some wonderful men in the Bible to my men in the room, but this is a fun point. Okay, so Mary, what do we know about her? The one that birthed God. There were many Marys. What do we know about her in character? Mary, Jesus's mom. Oh, she was Jesus' mom. She was Jesus' mom. Thank you. <laughs> what else? Do you think that she knew God? No. Do you think that she knew God? Why would God have chosen her, right? She knew God. She had favor with God. She knew him. She grew up with him, right? It was very, it was very much a part of the culture. Everyone, was, everyone knew the Old Testament. It was part of it. You didn't just not know these stories, and she grew up around him. And something was special about her because God chose her to hold his son in her body, right? Um, so the Lord's dream from the garden, what do you think it was? It's the whole narrative of the Bible. God's great plan. What was his great plan? We know this. Redemption through Jesus. There it is. <laughs> so um, she got to hear the Lord's dream. So a little bit different than Hannah. Hannah had a dream, and she brought it to God. Mary heard God's dream, and she had to choose what to do with it. Okay. Yeah, so just a little fun fact. Okay, so this all happens, if y'all want to look at it with me, we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 1 is where all of this is. <laughs> yes! So, so the angel comes, okay, and says, Greeting, O favored one, the Lord is with you, in verse 28. And then um, Mary looks shook, and <laughs> the angel says, uh, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Okay, let me tell you, I am in no way free from fear all the time, right? Like, <laughs> no way free from fear all the time. The Lord does deliver from it, but my flesh can be strong. But the angel, via the Lord, seems to understand that fear crushes dreams. Come on. Right? When I'm fearful, I often leave the Lord out. But we can't carry out his big dreams without him. So we have to be brave. We have to repent and say, sorry, Lord, for leaving you out. And we need to lean on the Lord. Right? Can you imagine? Okay, Mary was young. She was a, little, she was a young teenager. Yeah. Okay, the whole, the fate of everything laid on this, like, thir what, 13? 13 year old woman's shoulders. Man. Right? Like, God gave her this dream. Come on. I don't know. I'm stuck on this idea of, like, what if our dreams are this part of God that He wants to come earth side? Wow. What's your response? Like, what are you going to do with it? Wow. You know, like, are you going to birth it like Mary did? Or are you going to choose to squander it? Wow. Which one? On, you know? Marissa. So, we can't let fear get in the way, right? What would happen if Mary did? Okay, so then, then the angel's like, okay, you're, go you're a virgin, but you're going to bear the Son of God. And she's like, how is this going to happen? But immediately, do you know what she says? Let it be unto me according to your word. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, man. That, like, and then she breaks out into this beautiful heart cry, just like Hannah did. There was another, a whole prayer. We call it the Magnificat. Um, it's a little long again, but would someone mind reading it for me? It's verses uh, 46 through 55. Aaron's got it. Yeah, Aaron. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, holy in his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. 
He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remember to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Sweet. Um, okay, so I was reading this commentary, and I had this fun idea in my mind. This commentary, I can't remember who it was, but it was one of the old dead guys that we love. And um, he said that Hannah was but an Old Testament whisper of what Mary would be. Isn't that interesting? Right? So interesting. And so what I did, um, I don't have slides, but I do have my fun notebook. And so <laughs> I'm a pen and paper gal to the soul. Um, but what I'd love for us to do, if we could break up, and we're going to go and look at this. There is a point. So hold on with me. But we're going to look at Hannah's song versus Mary's song. And we're going we're gonna to look at how similar they are. Can we do that together? Yes. So, okay. Um, if you have a Bible or an app, maybe open it. And then from Stephanie over, you're going to be Mary. From Shay over, you're going to be Hannah. So Hannah's just for a reminder, is in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and then Mary is Luke chapter 1. Baller. Baller. Okay. I'm going to do a little flippy flip with y'all. Okay, so of... Okay, what is the first line of Mary's prayer? Would someone just... My soul magnifies the Lord. What's the first verse of Hannah's? My heart exalts the Lord. Do you see that? Mm. How cool is it? Okay, then the next one. What's the next line of Mary's? My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Yeah, what's the next one of Hannah's? There you go. Or my version says, I rejoice in your salvation. Mm-hmm. So cool. Do you see that the similarities that are kind of building there? Yeah. It's almost as if like these... Scriptures were just so ingrained in her brain because she loved the word of God. Huh, crazy. Um, can we go there? There's a line I should have written down what it was. We're going to skip down. So in Mary's, it'll say the mighty one has done great things. Do we see that? Yes. The mighty one has done great things for me. And then in Hannah's, it says there is none like you. Holy God, the Lord, the rock. No one is like our God. Do you see this? Isn't it so cool? It's almost like a mirror. And then Hannah's the next, there's another line that says, no more, or or it says, uh, let not arrogance come from your mouth. And then Mary says, he's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. And then Hannah says, bows of the mighty are broken, or bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. And then Mary says, he's brought down rulers, thrones, but he's lifted up the humble. Do you see? It's like the, it's the same. Isn't this cool? And then it keeps going. It says, uh, those who are full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry cease to hunger. And then Hannah says, he's filled the hungry, huh, almost an answer. He's filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. And then the last one that's really similar is, um, it says the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. That's what Hannah says. And mirroring it, Mary says, Remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as the promise of our ancestors. It's, it's so cool. So it's like both women, they worked for God. They were, they were simple women, but they really, really loved their maker. Yeah. Right? So it's like their love for God gave them these dreams, like in one way or another, whether it was 
Hannah's own and then God honored it or whether it was God's and Mary honored it. Um, But passion was the natural response to catching a glimpse of God's heart. And then it echoed throughout the rest of the Bible. Okay, cool thought. So Mary prayed this prayer. And at this point, she is pregnant, right? And we believe, right, that the babies can hear what's happening on the outside. How cool is it that the first thing that Jesus hears is my soul magnifies the Lord. And then this prayer that Mary has, it's so cool. And then he echoes it later, right before he goes to the cross. And he's like, like your will, Jesus, not my own. And then for the rest of the Bible, people echo this. And then if we love God and we mean it, hopefully we echo it today. It's so cool. So cool. Um, But these women, they really had intimacy with God and it was obvious And if we want to know God deeper, and if our hearts are pure and not purpose, we ought to be hungry to feast upon anything that we can to get to know him, which shows up as like asking people what they know about him, which shows up as in my mind, as of recently, because I'm obsessed with this idea is passions and dreams. So, okay, I started to think about new affections. Okay, so when you first start to get into a relationship, we see our friends, or we might have seen us, where we get a little bit enamored, right, by this, like, person, and we, like, we typically will hear a lot about this new person in our friend's life or in our life. I know as girls, we often will, like, go and ask anyone that we can if they know anything about this man that we don't know that came up to us and asked us on a coffee date. Am I right? Like, (laughs) it's a thing. Like, love grows, and it isn't always puppy love, so hear me rightly. I'm not saying that our love can't be leveled out with the Lord, but isn't the Bible always talking about our first loves? Mm-hmm. So, okay, I have a question for you. What do you think about when I say first love? What, what's the instant, like, relationship that comes to your mind? One direction. <laughs> One direction, okay. <laughs> huh? Your parents? Yes, actually, that's what I thought of, too. Um, at first I was like, huh, maybe like, you know, the cringy person that I dated in middle school, but like that was an actual love, you know, but I'm thinking of like, okay, we've all seen, we, we understand the idea of like baby birds being born. So it's like when they're in their shell and then they come out, they hatch. The first thing that they look at is where their affections lie for the rest of their lives. Do you know this? It's, it's really beautiful. Um, but that's kind of how we work too. Like our first love, whether our relationship with our parents is good or not, our first loves were our parents or some kind of like parental figure. And like, I don't know, we aim to be near them. We had to, we, we like, they had everything that we needed. Um, we wanted to learn all that we could about them. We wanted to walk in their likeness. Anyone ever put on their parents' shoes growing up? It's like that. Like we wanted to be like them in any way that we could. And we wanted to love what they love. So, um, I don't know. I keep thinking about like, what is it that the Lord loves? And I'll get there in a minute, but I want to take a second to pause and we're going to do a fun little thing. Um, so if, if we want to actually be hungry for God, if we want to build an intimacy, there are several ways to do it. Right. And I think, I think we know them maybe, right. How, how do we get to know someone? We spend time with them, yeah. So it's like, we spend time with them, we, we can pray, we can read the Bible, but also, like, can't I also get to know someone by asking people that love them how they see them? Because yeah. it's like, my, my relationship with Daisy is going to be totally different than McKenna's relationship with Daisy. But I can see a part of Daisy that I would have never seen, and then I'll hunger to know it, yeah. you know? And so yeah. what I thought would be cool is if, and I know many of us will be like, I don't have any thoughts. Like, I don't have anything good to share. You do. You do. Someone may see, think that it's the most incredible thing in the world, and you think it's completely mundane. And so what I'd love to do is for you to get, to some, get with someone that you normally don't talk to, and we're going to take 
three minutes, okay? So you could each get a minute and a half, so be brief. <laughs> but what I'd love for you to do is get to someone you don't normally talk to and share something you've been chewing on about the Lord lately. So there's something you've read, an idea that you've heard, but something that cr- like creates some sort of wonder in your mind. Okay, so ready? Three, two, one, break. It's like, I want to know the rest of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do we do we see like the power of like holy passion? Do we yeah. see it? So fun. Okay, so I'm gonna share with you my current passion. I know I've been talking passionately already, but here's what I'm currently stuck on. Okay, so last semester at the end of it, I kind of realized I hadn't been a good friend to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we're gonna unpack it. Um, you don't have to raise your hand, but does it like maybe that thought weirds us out of like friendship with the Holy Spirit? I don't know. It's the spirit of Jesus, though. It's a part of the Godhead that dwells with us. He's around us. He's in us. He's before us, behind us. And yet sometimes I fix my attention towards heaven, forgetting that God is right beside me. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Me too. (laughs) So uh, Eli Gotro said this thing one time, and it, like, marked me. Um, But he was talking about, like, creation and you know how in the beginning in Genesis, it talks about, like, it says, let us make man in our image. Mm-hmm. So he has this, like, idea of it, before anything ever was, there was God. Yeah. But God is, it's a Godhead. He's not one, but he's two in one, but he is one. Mm-hmm. We, under, we, under, we kind of understand that. But what's beautiful is we know the Trinity, and there's three, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Eli painted this beautiful picture that before time ever was and until eternity that there will be that perfect friendship within the trinity isn't this a cool idea like can you just imagine like before there was any like ever anything there was like these hilarious fits of laughter between the father the son and the holy spirit like can you just imagine what this like i mean we have good friends but like god friends with himself (laughs) can you imagine how sweet of a friendship this would be but then what's beautiful is we get the honor that God came here and invited us into that perfect community. Like, that's why God came. We have an invitation via the cross to this beautiful friendship that's perfect. And God says, come, enjoy this with me. I'd love for you to be a part of it. Isn't that beautiful? So this, this is why I got so convicted when I was like, dang it, like, dang it, I think you're so far, but you're actually with me. Yeah. So when I'm thinking about, like, how to be friends with someone, I typically think about me going on campus, going, walking up to a stranger. And so does anyone have any tips? Like, how do you first make friends with someone that you don't know? What's a tip? How do you do it? Find a commonality. Find a commonality? And if there's no com- yeah, what's up? Tell me. You make them feel understood. You make them feel understood? Yes. That's such a good one. Has anyone ever met anyone that's like, wow, I literally have nothing in common with you? Yes. I have done this before. There's this girl my freshman year, or my sophomore year, and I wanted to be her friend, and we had nothing in common, but she loved her betta fish so dearly. (laughs) This is a side note. I'm going to tangent for two seconds. No, I didn't buy a betta fish. She bought one for me, actually. She loved her betta fish as if it were a dog. It had a name and a personality. And I had no idea how to talk to this girl, but I knew that she loved her betta fish. And so she took that as, oh, Marissa wants one. And so she bought one for me. And I proceeded to accidentally kill three of them. And then she said, you cannot have fish anymore. 
But we had a beautiful friendship after that, right? Because I learned to love what she loves. And she loved betta fish so dearly. But what does God love? His people. God loves his people deeply. And he loves to speak to him. And a way I can grow my friendship with the Holy Spirit is like having an awareness and an assurance that his presence is with me and having a holy expectancy that he wants to speak and reveal himself to us, which means you personally and us collectively. Yeah. That's what he loves. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Like, and there's so, so many fun things in there. God's not boring. Like it, just yeah. because he wants yeah. to speak, like it's nothing boring about it. Some of it can be fun, but it's like, that's what he loves. That's what the Holy Spirit loves. And if I want to grow my friendship with him, well, I want to love what he loves yeah. and he loves speaking to his people. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like hearing God is not always going to look how you want it to. Um, and even like sometimes telling people, oh, I think I heard this saying, again, doesn't go how, it, how you think it would, but it, a leap of faith God can do a lot with. So um, I'll tell a little personal story. On Friday, so I was desperate to hear from the Lord. Okay, desperate. So I do this thing, and I've been battled about it lately, but we're trying again, where once a month I'll try to go on an out-of-town or like an out-of-the-center-of-Huntsville like date with Jesus. And I know for my dudes that might be like, ooh, that's a girl thing. I'd never do it. You should do it. Um, <laughs> but um, so I did it. I went to the state park, and I was desperate to hear the Lord. And I was like, I want to learn your character. I need a fresh, like, perspective and I sat there for two hours and nothing happened <laughs> nothing happened I was like Lord I'm here speak nothing <laughs> like I opened my Bible cloud like <laughs> nothing but do you know what happened eventually did I think I was about to get murdered yes so I'm hammocking at the state park my back is to a creek and then I hear this crunching and I literally thought someone was walking up behind me what it actually was was a bird about the size of my fist <laughs> And it was yellow and gray and so cute and was hopping around in the grass. And then I soon realized that the entire field that I'm hammocking in are full, literally full. There's probably like 80 of these tiny little birds that are yellow hopping in the grass. My favorite color is yellow. I know this story is going to make me sound like Snow White, but I don't care. It's fine. But, um, but what was so cool is I get out my phone to take a picture of it because it was so cute. And then before I could look back up, this bird lands on my feet inside of my hammock. What? And I like screamed and started laughing because it's like, what is this? A bird on my foot? And then it flew away before I could like take a second to take the picture. But it like sat there. And then I'm just laughing because the wind starts and these birds get up and they fly all around my hammock. And one of them, like I can almost feel the wing like graze my head. <laughs> and, and I'm just laughing hysterically and I just was like dang it God you were here the whole time you were here the whole time and I was looking for what I wanted and you just wanted to be with me you know like it was just so beautiful like it something so simple but it's like and I just sat there and I still was like but tell me your character <laughs> and I wasn't getting what I wanted but then do you know what would happen again I literally kid you not the wind would blow 80 birds would get up and literally circle my hammock <laughs> like it was real it was crazy it was crazy but I just was like Lord you're so gentle with me I'm so stubborn and still yet you show up and you make me laugh and you get my eyes off of myself. Right? Like it was just beautiful. And then like, I don't know. Oh, I don't, that's not my phone. But then um, <laughs> this is my phone. Um, but then it was beautiful is like in these moments where if we like 
I don't know, if we press in, the Lord is always faithful. Yeah. And I, I can be the biggest knucklehead of them all, like, especially with God. But then I open my Bible. And I was like, well, I guess I should do something, like me, begrudgingly, when God sends a bird hurricane. Like, <laughs> you know, but, but then I open my Bible to Psalm 104, and the Lord seems to always speak to me through nature. And this whole, this whole book of the Bible, it's long. Spurgeon says, this is David's poetic account of the creation of God, like the creation of the world. I'm like, what? And it's beautiful. And I read these things in a commentary that like the, the verse says, uh, like light as a garment is what like God is cloaked in. And Spurgeon said, if light itself is but a garment and a veil, what must the blazing splendor of his own essential being? We're lost in astonishment and dare not to pry at the mystery lest we be blinded by its insufferable glory. Can you imagine God, light as a garment? And then he also had said, I didn't take a screenshot of it, but he also said that the universe is but his cloak. Isn't that beautiful? And so it's like me wanting to know the character of God, God simply wanting to reveal himself to me and fill me with wonder. And that is actually what led me to intimacy with him. Not this like booming voice from heaven, but this stupid little bird that landed on my foot. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's a lot. And it was beautiful. Like, man, I just, just to build a hunger in you, like it talks about um, that these trees, um, the trees of the Lord are full of sap. Um, and it talks about how there are trees, that, there's the cedars of Lebanon, which, fun fact, I mentioned a lot in the Bible. Um, they're kind of known to be God's trees. <laughs> um, this man says this, he said, whoever planted the seeds of the cedars of Lebanon or the thousands of woods and forests on the globe, well, God himself, he sowed those seeds and they've sprung up and flourished without a care for man. So it's like these beautiful things where it's like, in that verse, it also, that whole like chapter, it also says how, God uses the wind as his messenger. Like, it's just these beautiful things where it's almost as if like the Lord's fingerprint is on everything that he made. And it's like, do you want to see? Do you want to see a little bit more? And then creates a sense of wonder. And that's how God speaks to me a lot. He doesn't have to speak to you this way. But um, I don't know. My hope for you leaving is kind of like, I don't know, that you caught a sense of hunger. Yeah. Right? Like, man either to dream, like, there's several things, right? It's like, to dream with God, like Hannah, and then, and then see it come to fruition, because you have a mighty God, and how dare you dream small, you know? Or whether it's to share your passion, because you hold an integral part of God, and are you going to birth it like Mary? Or most importantly, that you have an actual hunger to know God, right? Like, Man, I wish I could scream from the rooftops. And I think there's so many, like, so many bunny trails that we could go. We could, like, do a workshop, which we almost did, of, <laughs> of how to hear God's voice. Or this is how you can, like, this is how you can hear God for other people. This is how you can hear God for yourself. But I think if you have a hungry heart, the Holy Spirit, our great teacher, the greatest rabbi there ever was, will teach you these things if you have a pure heart for it. Yeah. So my challenge for you is uh, to ask the Lord these questions. And I think I want to take a couple minutes to, uh, to do it, but I also challenge you to do it like on your own. So here we go. Here are your three questions. You ready? So the first one is, God, what do you want to say to me this week? Simple. What do you want to say to me this week? And the second one is, how would you like to use me this week? 
how would you like to use me this week? And then my third one is a little bit of a challenge question, but still a question. Um, so it's a question for you to ask at service, if you so dare to take my challenge, is, Lord, who would you like me to speak to on your behalf? Who would you like me to speak to on your behalf? And then I have an extra bonus challenge, okay? So I double dog dare you, <laughs> triple double to take an intentional date with Jesus. It might feel awkward. First dates always do. <laughs> always. <laughs> but I think just like, uh, I think maybe you can see a little bit into my life with Jesus where I expect things to go a certain way and I want it to be an immediate response from the Holy Spirit of, Lord, what's your character? And uh, here it is in the season of your life, Marissa. So you could ask, what do you want me to, what do, what do you want to say to me this week? And you might not hear a voice from heaven, and that's okay. But you know what he might reveal to you? His gentleness. You know what he might reveal to you? That he's with you. Like, you know what he might reveal? He's a good friend, that he's a good brother, that he never leaves. There's a whole list, right? He's an infinite God, so there's a lot that he could reveal to you. Yeah. There's a lot that he could teach you. None of us are perfect. I'm not by the long stretch. It could come in a way that you least expect it. Someone could come up to you at service and be like, yo, I have a vision for you. You know, and then you say, God, was this you? And he'll say, oh, why, yes, my dear, it was. And this is what we're going to do with it. How would you like to use me this week? Again, if you, if you ask this question, then you put yourself in a place of you have to be obedient. So don't ask it if you're not willing to do yeah. it. You know, don't ask it if you're not willing. And then who would you like me to speak to at service? And then tell that person, hey, check with the Lord. Ask him what he says about this. You know, if you've never done it before, it's okay. Take a leap of faith. The Lord's big and he's full of grace. Yeah. But anywho, I'd love for you to think about these for like two minutes just to sit with the Lord and be like, okay, Jesus, speak, do something. Here I am. Let it be unto me according to your word. So let's do that for a minute and then I'll pray us out. Lord, we're just so grateful, Jesus, for an invitation to your fellowship. God, we pray that you would help us to be good stewards of this invitation. Jesus, that we wouldn't stand at the door and say that we're partakers, but God, that we would actually step in to the beauty of a relationship with you, Lord God. Jesus, we pray that you would give us man, a boldness like Hannah to not care what the world says around her. Jesus, she didn't let anyone tell her that you were too small. But Jesus, she had a faith in you and she didn't care who saw it. Jesus, would you let us have passion like that for you? And God, would you let us be like Mary, willing to be used, a maidservant under your hand, God. Jesus, willing to bring forth your ideas and your dreams, even if we might be afraid. And God, most of all, would you make us like Jesus? But Lord, we just, we pray that you would help us, that you would give us a hunger a holy, deep, insatiable hunger for more of you, Lord. God, that you would reveal yourselves to us in the mundane things. Jesus, you know what we like. You know what speaks to us. You know what captures our attentions, and you use them. Jesus, don't let us miss you. Help us to not miss you, Jesus, but give us eyes to see, Lord. Give us a curiosity for when something catches our eye or our attention, that we don't just toss it away 
carelessly, but God, that we're willing to wait and to think and to dwell on things so that we can, by chance, know you better, Jesus. God, we thank you that, that you're slow and that you take time, Jesus, but that, Lord, you also speak quickly in the moments when we need it, and we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us. God, that you want to reveal yourself to us, and, Lord, that you want to use us as your mouthpieces. Jesus, we are so unworthy of it, but we're so grateful for the dignity that you give us in the partaking of your gospel. Jesus, would you make us willing vessels and obedient vessels and, Lord, not weird vessels. <laughs> God, we pray that, Lord, we would be good deliverers of your word, Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you for the grace that covers us when we don't know what we're doing. We love you. And we just pray, I pray over my friends, I pray over my friends, Jesus, that they would have the real, they would have an experience with you, the real you. God, that we wouldn't be people that say that we've never, we've never felt a touch from God, that we've never heard his voice, that the Bible's never come alive to us, Jesus. Help us to not be these people, Lord. We want to know you and be absolutely enamored by you, Jesus. We love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You got a question? Yeah. What's your question? Um, if I've never had an intentional date with Jesus and I don't know how to do that, how would I do that? That's a great question. Well, you might not be like me and like outside, and that's fine. Um, but I think it's like, I don't know, something that you like to do. You know, if, you're, if you've never been on a date before, maybe have a little lesser of a frame of reference, but... It's something that you would enjoy, that you would find rest in, right? So it's like, you know, I have a friend who really enjoys Legos. And so maybe you could build Legos with the Lord. <laughs> or you could build a blanket fort, right? Like, your dates can be fun with Jesus. They don't just have to be, like, me on my knees sobbing at my bedside. You know, like, <laughs> they can be fun. <laughs> like, just like, just like dates in general, they can be fun. Yeah. So do something that would be fun. Like, yeah. I enjoy sitting and slowness and a good deep conversation. And so I go to coffee shops and I bring a good book and I bring a journal. Or sometimes I'll bring watercolors. I move into coffee shops when I go there. Like, I stay there. <laughs> I bring my whole life. Um, but you could do that. Um, just any kind of thing that you could meet with Jesus with. It's basically, Lord, here's something that I love. Would you like to do it with me? I'd love to, I'd love to hang out with you while I do this thing. You know? And how much more special could it be, like, if you're doing a thing that you love with your creator? So. <laughs> For boys, I was at the park this week, and my friend went to one of the guys, and they were playing frisk, like, uh, disc golf. Yeah. yeah. Are you by yourself? You're like, yeah, but I'm with God. It's like me wrestling with God. Yeah. They were playing disc golf. Like, yeah. Disc golf like, with the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I thought it was cool. Yeah. And you'll, you'll be surprised as to what, like, I mean, even if the Lord doesn't speak to you, then you got to spend time with him, and it'll still, yeah. ch like, it'll still mark you and change you. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>